Welcome to the Provost Perspective. My name is Patrick. This podcast is dedicated to the opinions, thoughts, and experiences of my wife, Carolyn, and I's journey through marriage, children, and life as a whole. While the topics we discuss may be varied, we will do our best to orbit around marriage, relationships, love, and family. Welcome again, and we hope you enjoy. Alrighty, so I know we're a little late on this one, but I thought we'd talk about something that we've discussed numerous times, kind of in passing, but never Mm -hmm. in full, right? We've never had like a dedicated conversation about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Hard lines, soft lines, and and or boundaries. Okay. Now, I figure we could frame it in in the terms of marriage and relationships specifically, but also talk about like children. And hard lines, soft lines, boundaries with children. So not sex. <sighs> we can include <laughs> sex, but that's a, I think that would be a whole dominant conversation, conversation for you. Um, though you don't have too many hard lines when it comes to no romping in the woods, if you will. <laughs> and if anyone didn't see that comment coming, they haven't been yeah. watching. Is that or coming to with it a U or an O? <laughs> Shut up. Let's get on with it. <laughs> um, all right. So hard lines, soft lines, boundaries. What do you? What do you define as hard lines versus soft lines? Um, okay, so if we want to go towards the direction of children to start off with, um, hard lines um, would probably start in the way of discipline. Okay. Because I feel like if kids are going to be in the mix in your relationship, um, you've got to know where those land. Because one spouse may lean more towards physical style punishment and another may not. Um, and we're not passing judgment on either. Um, but if one's not, that could become detrimental to the relationship. It's, it's scary the way you see them interact with their kids or this, that, and the other. And if you haven't discussed those ahead of time and the other partner's not really at fault because they don't know that that's a line for you. Right. So what are you defining as a hard line versus a soft line? I don't know. Because I think there's hard and soft lines in every topic. Sure, but we need a definition of what we're calling a hard line. I'm going to default to you then, sir. <laughs> well, no, because I think we have different like viewpoints different on what ideas a hard of it? line. Yeah, well, hard a, hard, a hard line for me specifically then, not I don't need an example. I want you to tell me what a hard line is. To me? Yeah. Um, line that I won't cross. Okay. So hard lines are, um, this absolutely cannot happen. Right, from an emotional, logical, legal standpoint, this is an absolute... It's just not happening. No-go can't happen. No-go at this station, all done, over with, I wipe my hands with you. Soft line is, I'm uncomfortable... But we can discuss. But we can work with it. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, and then... Compromise is optional. Really what we're talking about, hard lines and soft lines, are types of boundaries. Yes. Like, what are your left and right limits, so to speak, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that the same for you then? We're on the... Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make sure that we had a definition (laughs) laid down to kind of frame out the conversation. Gotcha. Gotcha. Going back to your example with um, kids and discipline and things like that, I think a lot of that comes from like your background. Um, I think you're influenced heavily by that, yeah? The way your own parents raised you. And Mm -hmm. then I imagine there's some education along the way too, Mm -hmm. right? Like I know that my parenting styles have changed um, as I've learned more and more about psychology and developmental psychology and stuff. I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay... This may not be the right way to go with certain things versus other things, right. but like there was a lot of instances early on where you're like, "Well, this is how my dad did it," and I'm yeah. like, "Sometimes I just don't give a shit how your dad used to do things." <laughs> right. No offense, Joe. Well, we didn't. 
we didn't start our conversations though with mm-hmm. hard lines and soft lines. I think we kind of, and I think a lot of people do this, but they, we kind of started with, we get along in so many other ways, we must have all this in common, and right. we didn't question that somebody might actually mm-hmm. have a difference of opinion in that aspect. A benefit so, to me was you had already been around my two older kids prior to that, though, and yeah. I'd, I'd seen you with them, so I was already but it's a complete, comfortable. it's a completely different environment. Yep. When you're parenting Absolutely. versus when you're a friend of the family. Or but it was whatever. like a, a false comfort. Yeah. Yep. Um, not saying that we had any major bumps along the way, but we did have some conversations early on and that you thought that corporal punishment should be reserved for the most severest of crimes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And not just dished out like free reign. Even right. Though, even though she hits me. Help me. No, I'm just um, No, she, uh, it's just, it's playful. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so how would you recommend somebody who... Okay, I'm going to put out a uh, hypothetical, right, for you mm-hmm. and see if you... So taking the framework for how our relationship started, right? Like you came from a previous relationship. You had two children already. I come in. I'm new dad, new husband. Where would you start that conversation in talking about boundaries, specifically towards the children? Honestly, I feel like it's kind of difficult to broach until that first incident happens. Um, And it's more of a, they see your example. Because usually when there's pre-existing children, Mm -hmm. the new parent, quote-unquote, will usually pause in the background to wait and see what you do. Because most of them don't want to really get involved, most of the time, with disciplinary things until they are... They're like, this is what's they're, allowed or this is what's... Yeah, they're testing the water, so to speak. Exactly. Okay. So there were plenty of times where you saw me react to things that they did and you picked up on a lot of things like, oh, okay, that's how we respond in that situation or, you know, but, so it's learning by seeing. But, I mean, I guess when you're two parents starting out together, there's really no way to have that conversation until a, you've experienced things. That's why I'm framing it in the way that's like kind of gray area stuff because as your new parents, you're going to mm-hmm. learn what... You, you are what and aren't okay with, with yeah. as you kind of grow mm-hmm. uh, into being new parents. And that first year, probably first two years, is really the hardest time, I think, as a new parent. Yeah. But uh, for the other person coming into the relationship, um, I remember there was times when I, I very much disagreed with the practice of what you were doing I agreed with the principle but I disagreed with the practice right so like mm-hmm. one of the things you would always do which was an absolute no-go in my house growing up which was the uh you have to at least try it and then if you don't like it you don't have to eat it but you have to at least try it that was not a thing in my house growing up like you fucking ate what you were given or you went to bed hungry see but and in my we... defense that was the way it was in my house too yeah and I was very confident in the fact that I wasn't going to do that to my kids because I hated that growing up, being forced to eat things that they didn't like and then having issues with food later on, right. you know? So, so but, but I think there's a fine line there, and yeah. we've gotten to that point. We've, but. We, and it, it did... <laughs> so we had different reactions. <laughs> and it went it went the other way, right? Like, I was mm-hmm. like, uh, absolutely not. You have to eat everything on your plate, and you kind of rolled with that for a little while until you were like, okay, mm-hmm. this is clearly not a battle. Nope. We're going to win. Yep. And then we finally <laughs> came to some form of compromise, which for us in our house is, we're going to make something. You have to try it. You have to eat it this time around. But if you right. don't like it, we just won't make it again, again or right. make it that way again. We'll try it somewhere else, right? Now, right. if it's one kid out of the f- six people in this house, 
sorry, sucks to suck. Like, right. we're just going to give you a smaller portion of that and a larger portion of something else next time we have it. But everybody exactly. else in the house liked it. So we find some ways to compromise um, because we want to encourage the dialogue, right? We want our kids to be able to tell us when they're uncomfortable or they don't like something. And in exchange, we want them to feel trusting in the fact that we're going to value their opinion. Right. You know, like but we also want them to value food that was made for them. Yeah. And hey, somebody put yeah. work in for this. Like yeah. you need to appreciate that. And part of that appreciation is is eating it, even if you don't like it. Like you just right. get through it, and then we will, you know, we'll negotiate on the back end, kind of thing. Because God forbid you don't eat something somebody else. You go to a friend's house and you don't mm. eat what they put in mm. front of you. Ooh, Dude, you're never going again. <laughs> some of my friends, some of my friends going up. You fuck Mm-mm. no, you didn't go no. to fucking mama's house and nope. not eat her fucking food. Nope. Bro, you about to, she didn't even she you weren't even your kid. She about to whoop your ass. You like, certainly didn't do that at my parents' house. If any of Josh me. friends, any of you came over, you, you had to eat your food. But <laughs> but the food was always good. <laughs> going from I love you, Dad. Going from my house's <laughs> worth of food. I love how you start with that. To your family's food. Yeah. I was going to a fucking gourmet restaurant. Right. Like <laughs> from microwave made. meatloaf to <laughs> fresh made fresh made bread pressed pasta. and pressed pasta. <laughs> I'm like, how do you people bitch about fucking food in this house? Like, what kills me is still to this day how little your brother fucking ate with the type of food that your parents fed. I know. His favorite snack was fucking butter on toast. Like, what is your problem? Just vanilla cracker ass motherfucker. Anyway. I know. um, Okay, so I think that kind of touches the base. We love you too, Josh. So really we're talking boundaries, right? Yes. Um, I think there's one that's definitely worth talking about. Mm -hmm. Um Maybe more so on the dating thing. And again, we didn't spend a whole lot of time dating because we kind of had a pre-made family when we got together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with my dating experience prior to us getting together and your dating experience prior to us coming together and your, some of your lessons learned on the back end, especially with some of the relationships that you were in, mm-hmm. um, boundaries in a relationship, what do those look like for you? Um, uh, well, I've been put in a lot of precarious situations, so... I mean, by the time it rolled around with you, I knew what questions to ask right out right. the gate. And it's one of the things I absolutely, by the way, it's one of the things I absolutely <laughs> loved about getting into our relationship. Like, this was a, we not fucking around. Yeah. Like, I am not at that stage in my life. No. I have two fucking children. <laughs> I'm not playing games, dude. So you either, this is what I want, so you're either going to give me this or you're going to get the fucking road. And I appreciated that. I liked that yeah. straightforward, to the point, like, play the game or fuck off kind of mentality and honestly I feel like more relationships would do better if they would come out of the gate rolling like that but honestly in today's age a lot of men like society almost requires the women to set the stage in relationships now because because, men are afraid to voice their opinion well because well one it's Mm -hmm. societally frowned upon for men to face their opinion and two the legal system is heavily stacked against men also so if a relationship goes sour like Mm -hmm. the dude's already playing a hand down in a lot of instances so now, again, that's perception. It may not be reality. I'm not a lawyer. But it just seems that way from a societal point of view, or at least from my perspective in society. So a lot of men expect the women to kind of set the stage, and they'll fill the role that they're required to fill. Um, which, again, is not the mature way to do that. But that's a separate conversation. So how would you um, say that you should start, you know, young couple, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, they're looking to start a relationship. Where do they start with the boundaries conversation? I think you have to, early on in just the, hey, we're dating and casually hanging out kind of thing, I think you have to broach a lot of things situationally. Um, You're sitting in the movie theater and a guy goes to put his arm around you. That's your moment to either grab his arm, pull it to the side, and just hold his hand Mm -hmm. and just redirect the affection to something else so that he's 
one, not completely butthurt and embarrassed, and two, understands that, oh, without words, she's not comfortable with that yet, but this is okay. So you, you redirect from one to the other instead of just going, oh my god, ew, don't touch me. Now, I will say that sometimes that's going to be a bit subtle. A bit too subtle for some men. Because, let's be honest, we both have friends who are like fucking bricks. Yeah, right? I know. Like, they don't catch subtle. Uh, I don't catch subtle at all. But I'm also very timid when it comes to touch and, like... Oh, very much so. I and, initiated everything. Well, I'm, I'm, un- <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with human contact, and I'm uncomfortable yeah. with displays of emotion and public displays of affection. Like, those are not, not my wheelhouse, right? <laughs> they still make me uncomfortable, but I, I'm willing to brace that impact for you. Um, oh, I know. Because <laughs> that's, that's one of my lines. I like, know. you need to be okay with me grabbing you whenever I want. Yeah. <laughs> Stop touching my ass in public. <laughs> But for, for other guys, like you're going to have some of the timid guys who are going to run into this and go, oh, how do I broach this conversation? Mm-hmm. For them, it might be better that they're around a more, I want to say dominant female, but like mm-hmm. more extroverted female versus if you get fucking like queen awkward and king awkward, it's just going to be like, they're never going to want to hold hands and touch because they're not going to be sure if they're okay how do you broach that in a conversation? Like, how do you talk about that stuff? You know, I don't know. I mean, really, realistically, you do have to wait until situations arise and maybe there's an uncomfortableness in the air with the, like with the arm around the shoulder. Mm, I'm not really comfortable with that just yet. And then you have that conversation and I mean, you got to stop pussyfooting around it. I mean, you can't be so embarrassed that you can't in this day and age, I'm rambling, you can't, you can't push too much because it's too easy for somebody to flip the script on you and go harassment. Yeah. It's too easy. So either you've got to have the balls or cojones to go, hey, what is it you're going to be comfortable with because we're hanging out tonight. Yeah. Do I get to hold your hand? Or do the old-fashioned way. Right? Do it the old-fashioned way and ask. I dated a guy once that asked permission to kiss me the first time he kissed me. It was nice. It was weird. No one had ever done that. So I was a little like, why are you asking? But I feel like there's been an art that was lost in that because there was never any question at that point because you asked for permission and they either answered yes or no. And if it was no, you had a conversation if it was necessary about why. And if it was yes, no conversation needed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So all else fails, hey, can I put my arm around you? Hey, can I hold your hand? I mean, it's... There's a courtship piece of it, and I would agree with yeah. that. But I'm talking not so much during like the initial courtship piece, because that stuff's always going to be awkward and weird until you kind of get mm-hmm. feel for each other. I'm talking like you're already in a relationship, you've already committed mm-hmm. to having a relationship, and now you're discussing boundaries as the relationship grows. You're just going to have to, as it comes up in conversation, talk about it. Like, for example, we the other day we talked about religion as a boundary, right? And then we mm-hmm. talked about politics as a boundary. We talked about... Those, t- those hard conversations you have to have so that you can understand yeah. where the each other's coming from. Three and months I'm thinking, in minimum is when those should happen. Yeah. Uh, I would say three months to a year, I would say. Mm, uh, I'm not wasting a year of my life on somebody see, who's you're, not going to agree with religion and things like yeah. that. Those are important. You spent a year thinking you might actually marry this guy only to find out that he's not willing to bail on his Mormon beliefs when you're, say, a Catholic and that's how you want to raise your kids. I think yeah, that's too long. But I think... I think that's, you know, the idea of, 
so I think you're coming from a different mindset because you're a bit more mature of a woman than than most than than a lot of women. Let's be honest. You're you're a lot more forward. You're a lot more I am forthright. Hardly mature. You're, okay. <laughs> Emotionally mature. Yeah. Um, I, but you still like dick jokes. So yes. There's that. Um, <laughs> Bangkok. <laughs> See my point. Uh, uh, but yeah. I'm talking about like. You know, for a lot of younger people, right, it isn't uncommon mm-hmm. for them to date for a year, two years before they finally say, yeah, okay, this is, we're going to get married, we're going to have this as a long-term relationship. To have a courtship, and I hate using that word because it sounds really, like, dusty. But, Old, yeah. dusty. Um, but <laughs> it's moldy. You have, most times, like, you, you don't have, you know, four or five-year-long courtships anymore. You're looking at a long-term relationship is anywhere from nine months to a year, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, most people consider that a long-term relationship nowadays. Which is why I think those conversations need to happen before that. That's what I'm saying. Within the first year of a relationship, you need to have mm-hmm. some of those conversations. And not, preferably, the night of your wedding. Um, yeah. You know, you need to have it prior or, to that. Or, you know, and, after the fact. Yeah. So, for example, <clears throat> things of hard lines. And it's just, like, things that you need to talk about that are boundaries or there's gray, black and white. You know, there's no gray area. This is an absolute no for me. Things that I've seen in the past be hard trigger points for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, topics of abortion or childbirth. Mm-hmm. Topics of... How many kids? That isn't necessarily a deal breaker for a lot of people. It has having, been for people before. Having kids is mm-hmm. can be a deal breaker, I would agree. But number of kids, I've seen it flex. Because I've seen people who are like, I want to have four kids. And they have one and they're like, fuck that. I'm keeping the one. You know <laughs> and what I've mean? seen some people have some serious arguments over not wanting to have any more when the other one does. So right. So, I mean, I but those depends. are, I think those are conversations that can evolve and there's some middle ground there probably to be found. Maybe. Um, now, me personally, from my point of view, I think the number of children um, should be a conversation between two people but the final decision should come with the person who's going to be putting their life on the line to have that child, right? Like the man should absolutely have a say and it should be definitely part of the conversation. And, but there has to be middle ground met with the final decision being with the person, the woman who's putting her life on the line to have those children, right? So for example, if we had had three kids and I wanted a fourth and you absolutely didn't want a fourth, through the conversation, I think that we could have come to some kind of arrangement, right? And we ended up having a final arrangement, which was... I ended up giving you number four, right, yes. We had four, and then we were like, okay, and then we're done. Um, yeah, I, I said hell no after that. Yeah. <laughs> I said hell no after that. Four's enough. <laughs> because you turn into a psychopath when you're pregnant. Yeah, well. Um, but for... Those you know, kids are a conversation that needs to be had. Abortion and childbirth is a conversation that needs to be had. Politics um, does. I know that there are relationships, mm-hmm. not even marriages, but relationships that ended because the man wanted a child and she didn't. So she deceived him by having birth control and using birth control, mm-hmm. but didn't tell him that. I've also seen the other half of the yep. coin where he didn't want children and she would sabotage the yep. birth control methodology so she could have a kid, yep. thinking that was going to be a way to trap him, so to speak, and it ended up just destroying that relationship. That's never, never um, a good way to go about that. Again, that's a whole honesty, open, mm-hmm. trust piece, right? It's not even the child at that point. It's trust at yep. that point. Um, and then 
religion can be a hot button issue. I don't think it's necessarily a deal breaker because one if person might compromise. be yeah. There, there's mm-hmm. there's room for compromise, and we yeah. got kind of lucky in the fact that we both share a pagan faith. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just it's evolved over time into what it is now. But we we definitely had a pagan faith, but that was true when we were friends. Yep. Um, I think when you're talking finances and lifestyle, because I kind of think those two go hand in hand. Absolutely. Right? Like if you want the high life downtown loft New York style life and the other person wants to live in like suburbia those are two very different lifestyles that need to be discussed because you can't have somebody compromising everything they would want out of life yeah because they're just going to be miserable and happy and it's eventually going to destroy the relationship um the same thing goes with things like um you know politics you know if you have somebody who's a hard right wears a maga hat and an american flag t-shirt to fucking work every Tuesday, right? Yeah. That person isn't going to get along with somebody who eats granola and walks around in the woods bare feet um, saying coexist every 35 seconds, you know? Right. Now, you can have people who disagree on certain aspects. You can have a left and a right that are Mm -hmm. more towards the center, and and that's fine, or even a libertarian and one or the other. But Mm. if you're so far off on your political beliefs... Yeah that really delves into your life way more than you think. Well, because oftentimes... And it will cause a lot of issues. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's oftentimes where there's foundational personality stones that yeah. exist that fuel that ideology. Absolutely. Um, and when one of those com- becomes under attack, you almost start feeling betrayed by the other person because they're having a viewpoint that you disagree with. Exactly. Vehemently disagree with. Right. Um, but the same thing goes for somebody who's a little wishy-washy, right? Who's going to be like... Uh, I'm okay with it. I'm going to agree with you because I want to keep the peace. Right. But in reality, they think something else, you know. Um, again, none of these are hard lines for everybody, but they're things that should be discussed because they're possible hard lines yeah. and boundaries that might cause conflict later on. And if you're I'm not saying marriage is ever going to be peaceful, I'm not saying it's ever going to be, um, you know, rainbow farts and unicorns everywhere yeah. you go. <laughs> Wait. Rain, unicorn farts and rainbows. There we go. That was the same. Yeah. Uh, that w- it went really well the other way. So is rainbow fart a skittle? No, that's a rainbow <laughs> shirt. Um, anyway, if you, the, it's not going to be pretty and fucking wonderful all the time. You're going to see the messiest part of your partner. Uh, you know, you're going to see them at the two in the morning when they got to wake up to feed the baby. Hair's all fucked up. You're going to see them when they're fucking sick and have to had to throw up and they got vomit dripping down their fucking flannel t-shirt. You're going to see the the ugly stuff when they got snot running down their face because they're sick. Um, you're going to see the, but you're also going to see those moments when they're the happiest and they're just glowing and, and you're the reason for that. And yeah, you're the reason that they, they light up when you walk in the room or whatever the happy, whatever your version of happy looks like. I mean, I think that version of that, uh, that good saying for that is that everyone's got crazy. You just have to decide how much crazy you can deal with. Yeah. And that's true. Like for if. Say, for example, I was crazy OCD, right? Mm-hmm. And you were just a fucking maniac in the bathroom with your shit all over the counter. Ugh. That could be a hard line for some people, right? Absolutely. Now, we get along in the fact that we're both fairly minimalistic. We don't like having a lot of clutter and things around the house. The weird thing is it stacks up over time, and then we purge the house, and then it stacks up again because I think we have hoarder tendencies. Um, but it's usually like odds and ends that we just don't like put away right away. 
And I think a lot of our mess is from kids. Like on my desk, I've probably got like different things of Lego gifts we've been given. Yeah, and uh, paper uh, drawings, kids' and... book, and little sketches <laughs> of drawings and all kinds of stuff. Like, and it's not stuff that I dislike. I'm happy that my kids are willing to give me stuff, and it's nice. But do you gotta wait till they you know. forget about it so you can casually move it? And... No, what you do is you yeah. stash it in a box, and then eventually weed out the box. Yeah, right. And then let them stack back up again. No, but I'm saying is like those are, these are those conversations that could be boundaries for you and the problem is like can't we can't define what those are for you because they're going to be different for, for everybody every yep. single person and every single relationship but right you've got to have the conversation or you're yeah. not going to know and you're going to end up in a in a tumultuous position or where you're just fighting and you can't get out of it yeah. and now you've wasted who knows how many years because you could have had a simple 10 minute conversation in the beginning absolutely um one of Mike, actually, the worst therapist on the planet, actually told us that uh, he said that there's two types of people. There's givers and there's takers. Yeah. Um, and everybody's got a little bit of each, and you've got to find that balance in order to maintain your relationship. Mm -hmm. You've got to know when to stop taking and to start giving and vice versa, right? Yeah. And it's a balance that ebbs and flows, right? Like there's times when I'm giving and you're taking because you need it, and there's times when I'm taking and you're giving because I need it. Um, and we've kind of – we're – we're still learning it, right? Like it's never, it's not perfect, but it's it's coming and going, and you know, um, where you can see that I'm fucking utterly exhausted from work, or I come home and I see you're utterly exhausted from work, and my problem is, is you'll never take a break no matter what I do. Um, so we we're, you have to constantly work at this balance, and I don't want it to make seem make it seem like marriages are constant work because it's not. It's well, a little bit work. of it. It is work. It is a little more work to to find your rhythm and find your zen place but once you do then it's just maintenance you know it's like building a house it's a whole lot of work at the beginning and then if you just take that little bit of time periodically to give it the maintenance it needs it's mm -hmm. going to stand forever and it's worth it it is if people would just talk more the ability to be able to know <laughs> that i've always got somebody in my corner mm -hmm. is such a rare gift and I think a lot of people underappreciate. Absolutely. Um, You've got to be your spouse's biggest fan, biggest cheerleader. Yeah. And their biggest supporter. Yes. Um, because there's going to be times when they need a little bit of strength and you got to be that person who gives it to them. You know. Uh, like all of 2015. <laughs> for me. <laughs> and it's... All year. <laughs> not even that. Like, And last year was a really, really rough year for me. Right? Yeah. Um, I went to a very tough military school and then I came home and then I went to... And you were different. And then I went home to take care of my dad to, through open heart surgery. And right after, yep. rough. And then I got really, really sick yep. uh, at the end of the year. Like, yes, last year was a rough year for me. But I never once for a moment thought that it was going to be a failure. Because I knew that I had somebody in my corner who was going to take care of me, who was going to look after me, who was going to give me... Uh, I'm really sappy. The love and support that I need to fucking get through it, right? <laughs> Um, and that is the gift that comes with a well-managed, well-utilized marriage. And some of my buddies give me a hard time because I look to my wife for her guidance and I look for her support when I do things. You know, I'm not going to be that guy who's going to cut out on a fucking Thursday afternoon to go to the bar simply because I want to. Because I know she's at home and she's waiting for me and she wants to spend time with me and she's dealing with the kids all day and I don't want to leave her hanging. 
but she's also not the person who's ever going to tell me fucking no. No. So I don't know whether or not she's going to be honest with me sometimes about whether or not I'm okay to go do those things, you know? So they they give me a hard time because I check in with my wife, but I'm not necessarily seeking her permission. I'm just making that sure she's in an okay place for me to be able to go do things like that um, because I understand the sacrifice that she's, she makes staying home and dealing with that workload. So... But again, it took us time to figure out what those boundaries were, right? Um, because for a couple of years there, I was super selfish and you felt unappreciated and didn't, weren't getting the gratitude that you needed in the relationship. But I didn't say anything either for a long time. You didn't. Don't and it, do that. <laughs> it, like a tea kettle, it slowly built up, built up, built up, built up, and then it blew up. And that created a, a tumultuous time for us. So finding those maintenance you know, schedules to work through our relationship was a huge thing. Um, but it's thus far been very, very much worth it. So Very much. So to everyone who always thinks that we've got this picture-perfect relationship that you're always jealous of, we don't. No. <laughs> we had to work very hard to get here. <laughs> yep. Anything else to add, lover? No, no. it's... it's just it's going to be subjective it's yeah. different for everyone but you've got to base what your hard and soft lines are you've got to put thought into what your hard and soft lines are and you've got to be willing to open the door for conversation to do it and hopefully do it early enough on in the relationship that it doesn't blow up two three four five six seven ten years worth of work that you've put into right. a relationship only to find out that mix. Only to find out that your relationship that you put all this work into uh, was never had never had a good foundation to begin with, and now you got to tear the house down and start over. Yep. All right, y'all. I think that wraps it up for this week. Uh, thanks for joining us. Sorry we were a little late. Uh, see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please reach out on Instagram and Facebook. We would love to hear your feedback or suggestions on our next topic. See you next week.